Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Okay, perfect. So, um, we're in the Vegas and LA studio. Um, <laughs> before we get into this episode, can we just talk a little bit about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett mm-hmm. Smith's Red mm-hmm. Table? Because I know that this podcast is turning into um, like commentary, like commentary, commentary, <laughs> and other people's relationships the last couple of weeks. But I mean, it's so relevant with what we talk about with infidelity that I thought we had to address it, or we had to at least give I our commentary. Was like shocked actually watching it not because of the infidelity like I'm at the point now where I'm like I feel like most couples deal with that in some capacity even if it's not like actual physical cheating I'm like I'm I just can't believe that they had such an honest and open conversation for the public like that was the thing that I was like wow this is completely different than it's ever been because like what we consider reality television is like super you know put together like the Kardashians or something like this was super raw super real and like not through their publicists not through like a statement that they're making together like wow real conversation and I feel like they just scratched the surface I felt like they were definitely not sharing a lot Mm -hmm. but I was like wow this is the first time I've seen something like this you know, I mean, maybe we influenced them. Well, I was going to say, you, we invented this shit because you did this <laughs> with your ex-husband um, like three years ago. So get on board, Jada and Will. <laughs> and it happened in the same amount of time, 2016. So we started this trend. However, um, I know you texted me this morning and you said it was really honest. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. However, I feel like Jada really didn't, I don't think she Admit was really it. that honest. To, yeah, I felt it was like a little she bit. known it. Yeah, I I feel like she made it worse for herself. Now, I mean, there's all these memes about the entanglement, which is hilarious, but I feel like she, I would have liked to see more humility and more just straight out saying what it is instead of beating around the bush. Like what, what you're calling it entanglement, like you were you know, doing, fair. I mean, even though yeah. like you were technically, I guess they were technically yeah. not together at the time and had plans to not be together forever. You know, I mean, that's still something, I mean, you know, it goes back to like Ross and Rachel, like, are they on a break? You know, is it like, okay, yeah. to sleep with someone when you're on a break? Like, I'm sure there's, there were so many details that we obviously didn't get. I thought that she, it seemed like, and I get that it was four years ago. So I think maybe that had a lot to do with it, but she yeah. was kind of like trying to teach a lesson at the same time. And I felt like it was like, if it were me, it was time to just like state what happened, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like make it a lesson, make it into something. You can talk about that later, but like, just tell the story. And she kept being like, well, you know, I found so much out about myself. And like, she just kept talking about the lesson, but like, yeah. we all kind of like, well, what happened? Well, yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> and I just thought it was great with, Will. he was just like, okay, Jada, like, tell the people what happened. Like, tell us, tell us the truth. Um, I felt like if she was saying the lessons, like, why don't you teach it, tell us the lessons? Because I I felt like if she did learn something, then it's like, let's hear what you learned. I think that could have been more helpful. Obviously, there were details left out. I was a little confused, to be honest, because they said they were on a break. So in my head, I was kind of like, well, is that okay? I mean, if you're technically on a break and you don't think you're going to be married anymore, like, is it wrong to sleep with someone? I, I'm kind of like, well, that's kind of what happens, I guess, you know? So I was well, kind it of like, like it was more of a trail because they like kind of mentored this 
guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something toward him or something. And so it sounds like it was just more like deceitful than anything. You know, I I thought the lesson that she gave was that she was like, no one can, no one else can make you happy. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I guess she did come out with that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of like her whole thing about, but she kept being like, it helped me as a person, like learn about myself. And I thought that Will did a good job of just like holding back the fact that like he is definitely like the victim in the scenario, you know what I mean? In some yeah. way, I don't know the details, but I thought he just like held it down and didn't like, she. I felt like she made it about her a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And I he felt kind of just there. When he made the comments at the end, like, I want to get you back, I feel like there was so much truth to it. I feel like he wasn't really happy with how she was explaining it. And I think from like, from us, like our side of being not the person who, like the person who cheated, I think always has a different idea of what it was. And I feel like with your ex-husband and my ex-husband, there's some, in my mind, rationalization. And I feel like I saw that from her where he's like, yo, you did what you did. And that's kind of, I, I felt like I could side with Will and like, you're not owning it really. You're not really owning it. And so I was kind of feeling, um, you could feel his hurt and you could see it. And it didn't seem like he necessarily has gotten through it all, at least yeah. making those kind of comments like, I want to get back at you. <laughs> but it was really it was awkward, actually. I thought like at times it was awkward, didn't you? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was like cringing a few times. I'm like, is he, is he over this? Are they really through this? I don't know. But yeah, it was interesting that they came out and just, you know, they didn't have to do that, obviously. No. They didn't have to. I thought that was fascinating that they did. I'm not sure if it helped. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it did help. And actually, and here's how it helped, like, helped me anyway. I was like, damn, that's fucking Will Smith. Until he gets cheated on. You know? Yeah. Kind of like it just, to me, it was not that I, you know, ever want anyone to be cheated on, but it's like, again, comes back to our earliest conversation about infidelity. Like we tend to only think that the people who are, not being a good partner or, or nags all the time or, you know, are letting themselves go or like, well, all those things, that's typically what we think about. And so th- seeing this, like Will Smith, like number one actor in the world, you know, on top of the world, like most loved, per- like celebrity ever, mm-hmm. like that, he can be the best person on earth and still have someone cheat on him because yeah. about him necessarily. And obviously we don't know the full, you yeah. know, there's a lot of probably, it sounded like they had some communication issues, which unfortunately- what I'm finding, and I think you found the same, is that you don't know just how much you have to communicate until you're fucking in the situation yeah. and you're looking back and you're like, damn, things started going sideways a year ago, six months ago. Yeah. And I didn't know. Yep. I kept like not saying something or I didn't even know what needed to be said until you look back and you're like, holy shit, there was a lot we didn't say. At least in my marriage, it was like there was a lot of miscommunication or just things that were left unsaid for years, but we didn't actively know that in the moment. I wasn't like actively holding my tongue all the time. And so that's what's, I think, tricky about communication is everyone thinks it's happening when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One last thing about this before we get into our actual episode is I did some research after the the episode. Um, We're on YouTube and like kind of looking at other people's commentary. And I didn't know that Will Smith was actually married before, fell in love with Jada while he was married, and they technically, quote, didn't have an affair, although he said he was in love with her. He did not believe in divorce, did not want to divorce his wife, but she divorced him. And so my thought and putting my own like perception on this and uh, maybe like uh, projecting is that he's so 
feels like, hey, I left, all right, my first marriage was ruined because of this with Jada. I have to make this work with Jada. And so when they did that whole little handshake of bad marriage for life, um, I'm like, I wonder, I'm wondering what you think of that, of just holding on to a marriage for the sake of holding on to a marriage because you don't want to go through that. I, I feel like he's very um, old fashioned in that he feels like you need to be married for life. Yeah. I mean, I, th I feel like we've talked about this a little bit. You know, I feel like the bigger failure, like the divorce isn't the failure to me. The bigger failure is staying in a relationship that's run its course. And, you know, I think we're becoming a little bit more aware of that and being more, and I know this is maybe, this is more of an issue I think for you than it was for me is the idea of divorce felt like I gave up too soon. And, you know, you might be listening to this podcast and you've been married for 30 years and you're like, yeah, young kids give up too early. And like, that's valid because you have, because your value system is being with one person until the end. And I would never say it's the wrong value system to have, but I also don't think that everyone needs to have that or should have that, or even that if it's realistic, to be honest. So I think it can happen, but it, you know, it's two people who have to consistently choose consciously choose each other and choose to grow together. And I think it can be amazing, you know, but it's, I don't know that till death do us part necessarily, at least for me is the ultimate goal. I think there's other growth goals that I have. And some of those I need to have a partner to learn some of those lessons. I need to have a partner to learn. I don't yeah. know that I need to learn every single lesson with a partner. There's plenty I can learn on my own too. It's till death do us part or bad marriage for life. Either. And you know <laughs> what? We've already talked about this longer than the actual video lasted. So you guys, if you have not seen it, it's, uh, I'm sure you can just go to YouTube or Red Table Talk. It's on Facebook. It's on Facebook Watch and it's actually just 10 minutes. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd be interested to know if you guys find it as maybe a little bit cringy um, as we did. And it's, you know, it was interesting that it was so long ago. So they must just have, like, maybe just it's all in the media right now. So it's just like drudged up a lot of, you know, old memories for them. But, you know, that, you were going through your stuff four years ago. Yep. Yep. So does true. Does that seem like yesterday? Does it seem like 40 years ago? They're both at the same time. <laughs> so the real episode we're going to do today is not this, um, but I wanted to get some commentary. We wanted to talk about, well, we posted on Instagram. You guys gave us some really great episode ideas. In fact, there's a bunch to last us for a while, which, so thank you, by the way. Um, and this one, I could have sworn we've talked about this, but apparently we have not. It is, someone asked us to do an episode on handling family who doesn't support your business or life decisions. And I... I was running through my mind of what episode we did about this, but I don't think we have fully dedicated one. I thought it was a really great one to do. It is. And um, it's a tough one because, you know, it's, and we have talked about this a little bit, but not a full episode. And it is uh, one of those things where it's so um, confusing and it's so hurtful because you're like, out of all the people who I want to be on board why can't you get on board? What does this have to do with you? So are we talking just parents or just siblings or a uh, romantic partner? Are we talking all those things? You know, probably all the things. For, I guess first my mind started with parents because I feel like that's the first. I feel like parents are the that's ones. the first who, hurdle. Yeah. And I feel like they're the ones who disapprove of you the most. Well, I just often. feel like they're the ones that are the most scared for you, which makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. like, I, you know, anytime my dad doesn't hear from me for like two days, he's like, are you okay? Like, and he's, yeah. he always says to me, he's like, honey, I'm a dad. So I'm always going to, you yeah. know, worry. So we think, yeah, probably parents are the, they're the ones who just want you to be safe. They want you to have certainty. They want you to have like, you know, don't want, they don't want you to have to worry for anything or want for anything. So yeah, that's always tough. I think you ripped the bandaid off though. But yeah. well, how would you handle it? Or did you have to handle that? Or did you have, did you experience that? 
Oh, I definitely did. So, you know, she said a business and life decisions. And I'm going to say I've experienced all of the things, um, you know, starting with like life decisions. Okay. So when I was in high school, I got pregnant and um, my mom told me after my baby was born that I was no longer allowed to hang out with my boyfriend. And I was just talking, telling somebody about this the other day, because we drove by my old high school and I I was saying, hell, this high school I, I went to and I snuck there for the first um, quarter because my boyfriend was going to that high school. I didn't want to go back to the one where I got pregnant at because I didn't want people asking me about it. And so I didn't tell my mom that I was going to this high school. She didn't want me going there because she didn't want me to see my boyfriend. So that was the first time I was like really um, not doing what my parents wanted from me. And I will say this, and I know you are very much a rebel type and I am as well. And I, but I'm also a people pleaser. So it's kind of an interesting mm. uh, contradiction and dynamic when you want everyone to like, like you. And at the same time, you have a rebellious nature and you want to do exactly the opposite of what people are telling you to do. But I, I think, you know, conflicts with my parents growing up, there was a lot. And so um, it, for me, it was almost whatever they wanted for me, I would do the opposite just because I think just out of spite um, and not necessarily just out of spite, but it was like, I don't care what you say. Um, and so I think in, in many ways, it was really great for my development because I learned boundaries and I learned how to stand up for myself and say, no, maybe it's not in the nicest or the best way. But later on, after I graduated, moved out and came back a couple of years later, um, because I had done my own thing and I learned what I needed and what I wanted, I came back stronger and was able to verbalize the boundaries and the things I had expected. And it changed our relationship. And I think it, we did a, an episode on, we teach people how to treat us. And I think that ultimately when it comes to family like this, if they disapprove, we do get to allow them to make comments that are negative to us or not. We can say like, hey, mom, dad, I know you disapprove of these choices, but this is the way I'm going to live. And I would really love it if you either keep this to yourself or if you, you know, discuss it with another family member, not me, or if we can have some kind of discussion and hear me out. But I think ultimately it comes to communicating with them that you're not available for their um, I don't know, constant nagging or berating you or saying that they don't approve anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's two things, right? It's like, are they um, justified in having their own opinion? I think they are. I mean, I think everyone is, but at the same time, it's odd, it's odd to me sometimes when they have such a strong opinion for some, when something really doesn't have anything to do with them. So we've had, we've mentioned this a couple of times on pod on a couple episodes where it's like, okay, if you're living under their roof, does that kind of change things, right? Or they're providing for you some way financially. And I know for me, especially as someone who is, does tend to be a rebellious type, I never wanted to have that hanging over my head. So I never wanted to feel like beholden to someone else's idea of what I had to do because they were um, giving me something financially. So as soon as I graduated college, I mean, I was like lucky enough and um, had the privilege of going to college and having my parents, you know, help me out with my tuition. But as soon as I graduated, I was like, cool, I'm doing my own thing. And I, so I think that takes an extra layer off because you're like, well, you know, they may never see it my way, but they are, I guess, entitled to their opinion. And that's hard when you just are like, this is someone I love and I want them to be on board and I want them to be a cheerleader for me. Staying in fitness, um, was it a difficult decision for them to see me make mostly because they just didn't know what job you got from that? I think they were confused. And, and honestly, like I have to, I can empathize with that because you and I both know that now 
in 2020, there's a lot of different ways to have a, a career in fitness. But this isn't like 2003, 2004, there just weren't all that many options. There certainly wasn't the internet at that time, uh, internet business, you know, social media, there just wasn't, there, Facebook wasn't around yet. So it was hard to see and what options they would be besides a typical personal trainer, which is what I did. Um, and I think they were worried that that wouldn't be sustainable or that wouldn't provide enough, you know, livelihood for me to be able to retire and have, you know, like all that kind of stuff that parents think about, which is nice. Um, but at 22 years old, that wasn't my goal. My goal wasn't, I need to have a shitload of money in my 401k. It yeah. was, I want to do what I want to do. And I, I had some really uncomfortable conversations with them and we left it just agreeing to disagree. And that was really uncomfortable. And so I think the first step is allowing for discomfort in the relationship. And I think a lot of people don't feel comfortable with that. Like you said, people pleasers are like, okay, I'll just, is there anything I can do? And I, so I think the first step is just really becoming comfortable with uncertainty in the relationship. And I don't think you have to jump to, if you don't support me, then you're out of my life. I think that's a little ridiculous. Like you guys are both leading different lives now. And if you're an adult, um, I think you can just agree to, to disagree and leave it at that. But to your point, I'd be interested in like, okay, we agree, disagree, but they still make comments. Mm -hmm. Like we know they have their opinion. Mine's a complete 180, but they still make comments. How do you handle that? Do you remove yourself? Do you explain? What do you do? Do you get mad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. All of the above, probably. <laughs> I think, you know, if we're the people listening to this podcast, I feel are people who want to grow, who want to be better at communication. And I always remember this. I did an NLP training and they always said that the the person who's in charge of the communication is the person speaking. So if I'm telling you something and you don't understand, that's not your fault that you don't understand. It's my fault for not communicating. So I need to find other ways to communicate it for you to be able to understand. So that's always on me. So mm -hmm. if we're all taking personal responsibility in how we communicate, then if they keep saying things to us, they keep nagging, then you have to look at yourself and go, what am I doing to continue to allow this? You may have to say, you know what, dad, um, I've asked you before, I've said that this really upsets me every time you make fun of what I do for work or that you don't understand or my political beliefs or views. And if we can't, um, if you can't stop saying these things to me, then I'm going to have to stop coming over for Sunday dinners or I'm going to have to stop making these phone calls with you because it's not helping my mental health. And this makes me feel like we don't have a close relationship or it makes me feel like I can't trust you or it makes me feel like I can't tell you what I truly believe. And so ultimately, it really is on us to reiterate the boundary or set a boundary to begin with on what we're going to tolerate and how they treat us. And you said it straight, which is you're an adult, they're adults, <laughs> like we're adults now. And while, you know, they may be your parents, you can say something respectfully and they can respect you and your choices as well. They don't have to understand your choices. They don't have to support. And I think that is something that a lot of times, you know, I've worked with with uh, clients who are starting a business and they're like, I just don't get the support. And I think getting support is another level, <laughs> but getting someone to just stop saying mean things is one thing, like set that boundary. But if you want their support, you may never get that. Like you just may never, and you have to accept that. You might not get anyone's support um, and that's fine. You do not need support to be successful. And no. that's the truth. Hey all, so we introduced our new sponsor Reset in another episode and you know we talked about the 
the parts of the body that they really help when it comes to stress, the immune system, the endocrine system and the nervous system and the nervous system. And, you know, all of those things just right now, we're, we're lots of times in high stress, regardless of coronavirus and everything happening. So right now it's even more so. And I wanted to just share with you a tool that they have that is completely free on their website. It is their 14 day reset. And just to help you just cope with stress in general. So, you know, there are mm-hmm. things on there just talking about like laughter, talking about journaling. And I think it's really cool that they put this together um, just to help people out. That I, Jill and I got a chance to talk to the founders and they really just want to help people and they seem really invested in that. And so this free resource is really great. Now you can get the products at your local stores, your Targets, your CVS. And so you can pick them up there. But if you want just a free resource and to check it out, go to reset.com and reset is spelled R3. S-E-T. And you can also follow them on Instagram at get reset. So we just want to make sure that you find, you found out about them through us. If you use, if you buy anything online, you can use our code at the best life. And then if you happen to pick it up in your stores at CVS or Target, take a photo and tag us and tag them. And we'll see you in the episode. You don't. And it's unfortunate because at the beginning of your journey, at the beginning, you're the most insecure too about the journey that you've picked, right? So when I knew I was going to stay in fitness, but I didn't, I also didn't know how I was going to make money, you know? So like that was the moment at which I was the most vulnerable to other people's opinions because I was like, because I knew that when I was becoming defensive, that was because I wasn't fully on board yet either. And so I think at the beginning of our journey, if I want to start my own business or I want to leave my, you know, relationship or I want to drive across the country, like, we're still not, well, maybe we're like at 90% or at like 95%, but that last 5%, we're vulnerable to our loved one's opinions. And so that's oftentimes for me, when it has come out in defensiveness, I have to check myself and I'm like, why am I getting so fired up? Like, what is like, what's the big deal? Like they don't agree with me. Like, and I know it always comes back to my own insecurity about my decision, but I think to your point, you do not need the support of your family to be successful, but you do need to start racking up wins some other way. So mm-hmm. once you start getting some reps and once you start your business and once you get some sales and once you start to see it kind of moving forward, ironically, you need the support even less at that point because you're starting to see the wins. And typically, in my experience, it's the moment at which you decide you don't need the support that they start giving it in some small way. And I don't know why that is, but it's almost like an energetic thing. As soon as like they can tell that like you're convicted and you're on board with it, they're like, well, I guess she's going to do it anyway. So they can start to see. And I don't think it's about like how much money you make or whatever. I know for me, it was more of an energetic thing. You know, I'm I think they like that I make good money, but I think more so it was just that I was so convicted and I was so passionate. And I think that was inspiring on some level. Yeah. I'm just sitting here nodding my head like crazy (laughs) and laughing because it's so true. It's like the moment you don't need their support, you don't care, you're crushing it. Everyone's like, suddenly they're proud of you. They're telling their friends about you. They're talking and you're like, wait a second, you were the one who said I should quit and stop doing it. Like remember five minutes ago when you didn't think I would be doing shit. (laughs) Okay. Totally. And you know, I I used to be in network marketing and I bring on new partners, uh, business partners to start start their business. And I always told them at the beginning, there's this catch 22. I said, at the beginning, you're going to talk to, you know, a hundred people and you're going to get all these no's and the people who are closest to you are going to tell you no. And 
a year, two years, three years later, they're going to join you, but you have to have some success first. They have to see that you're being successful. The catch 22 is you need people to join you in order to be successful. So you're going to just have to keep going and stay convicted. And it's, it is that crazy thing. I, I was in um, this business and a lot of the people that I told at the very beginning, I was like, I want them to join me. I, I think this would be great for them. They joined me two years after. And it was yep. only that yep. I, only after I'd showed success, only that I shown that I was going through the hardship that they believed that I was really going to do something. And, yep. you know, and when I think about like looking on the outside, I get it. It makes sense. You know, totally I get it. You're like, Hey, like, I want you to support this goal. It has nothing. <laughs> There's no evidence yeah. to forget. So then like, how do you start getting the support that you need at the beginning when you're not as like, when you're a little bit insecure about your decision, I think you need to go to people who are already doing it. And so you mm -hmm. and I have talked about this before. You do need to join masterminds. You do need to uh, hire coaches. You do have to pick the brain of people who are at the level that you're trying to get to or working their way up. You have to go and, and find those people. And, and luckily we have the internet now and there's so many more resources to do that. But you can't look like if you live in a t small city or a small town and you're like, no one in my city or town does this, there's no one to go to. You have to go to the internet. You have to pay money, like pay to play to get in into these rooms with people who are already have the mindset of like, and are, have a possibility They're mindset and are like ready to, yeah. So you need to get around those people at the beginning to keep you going. I think once you get, like in my experience is around like six months or so, six to nine months where you're like, okay, like I'm good. I know that I'm good. I, I've seen some results and I don't quite need as much support, but I do think that you have to find people maybe outside of your immediate circle, even like by friends who are doing it, you know? I, I agree with that. And the, the one last piece I would say is, take a look at yourself because are you an you have to be super truthful with yourself are you a person that starts a lot of things and doesn't finish do you start things and not finish over and over and over because I'll, I hate to say it but we all know someone like that and we may even be like that and I've definitely had parts of my life that I've done this where I'm not reliable to myself. Like I have a friend who has started a new business probably every four weeks. And anytime she starts something new, I'm just like, well, this isn't going to last long. So I'm not going to bother buying from her because I know it's just going to be the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I swear to you, it is. And so then she was complaining that her husband wasn't supporting her. And I'm kind of like, well, you can't blame him because he's put so much money into all of your businesses and you never stick any of them out. So ask yourself, do I stick things out? Do mm. I, do I like say I'm going to do something and actually do it? Because if you don't have personal integrity and reliability, then it's not about them. Maybe it's about you. <laughs> God, it's so good. I'm so glad you said it because I didn't, I didn't even think of that. I'm like, yeah, exactly. If you, and, and I, same, and, and I hate it because I want everyone to win and I want everyone to feel encouraged, but also ask yourself like, Am I only doing something if I do have cheerleaders? Like, yeah. I don't know, worst case scenario, could you go it alone? Let's say you never got any support from anyone in your life. You never got the support of your friends, family, anyone. Could you do it? And like, that's the level of conviction that we're kind of talking about. So you have to, like, I loved how you said you have to be truthful with yourself because you do have to go to that thing. Like, is your uh, action dependent on other people believing in you. And that's tough because like we do want people to believe in us, but could you, is your conviction so strong? Is your passion, is your purpose so strong that you're willing to go it alone? And I think that's the level of passion and purpose you need to have to attract then the yeah. support that you've wanted all along. So if you're asking yourself like, well, I feel defeated or I feel discouraged because I'm not getting, it's like, well, then you, then maybe it's not for you. And yeah. that's kind of a tough pill to swallow, but I, I, I think you need to get truthful.
Yep. I think it does come down to being super honest with yourself. We've all, I mean, I've heard people say this too in coaching that they blame their failure because no one supported them. Mm. They're like, well, I never, I never, you know, succeed because I don't have the support. I never lose the weight because everyone is against me. And like, you have to, at some point, look at yourself and go, what am I doing to allow all this to happen? Or why is my success dependent on other people's support? Because there's a lot of people out there who aren't getting support that are doing the thing you want to be doing. And so being really, really honest with yourself, I think is crucial. It is. You know, it's funny. I actually posted about this maybe um, like five or six months ago. And I was like, sometimes you're just going to have to be the one. I think like sometimes we look around and we're like, okay, who's the per- Like, who's the one who's going to help me or like, give me that leg up or give me that, like, you know, take like, let me take them out to coffee. Like it might just be you. And so that's again, like looking around, especially with COVID, right. That was something that I think it was at the beginning of COVID where I think we were all looking to a public figure to have an answer. We were all looking to the government to have an answer. We're looking to infectious disease doctors to have an answer. And at the end of the day, like all of them didn't know either. They were giving best guesses. So at the end of the day, it might just be you, and I know that can be kind of scary, but it's also kind of liberating. Like, okay, I don't have actually, I don't have to wait on anybody. Like no one actually knows better than me. And I think, especially when you're getting started, you're constantly feeling like, and you maybe, I'm sure this happened to you too. I kept feeling at the beginning of my business building journey that there was a right way to do it. Like, okay, like, am I doing the right thing? And now I know, and looking back, I'm like, there's no right way. There's so many different avenues to success, you have to find what's going to work for you, what platforms work for you, what communication style works for you, what product services expertise work for you. But I think at the beginning, you're constantly looking to someone to fill in the gaps for you. And it can feel really scary being out there alone, but you have to have a level of confidence and conviction in yourself. And if you don't, you just have to do a little bit of work on that and go like, okay, like if I'm not feeling super passionate about getting out of bed and like working on this, whether it's a relationship or a business or something, if I'm not getting out of bed, like fired up about this, then it's probably a passion problem. It's probably not a support problem. It might, you know, it's probably not an expertise problem. It's probably, it's a probably a passion problem. So ask yourself, like, even what are my motivators? Is my motivators to show them like that won't last is my, I know that's how you're motivated a little bit. Uh, is, are you motivated to like money? Awesome. Well, like what, what does money symbolize to you? Does it symbolize freedom? Does it symbolize, you know, options? Does it symbolize resources to be able to help out your family and friends? So like, it can't just be about the money either. It has to be the thing that money can provide for you, whether that's options or resources or, you know, a different level of living or, you know, comfort or whatever. And so ask yourself, like, what are my real true motivations? It can't be to show people that you're, the woman or the man or whatever, you know? Yeah. No, it's so good. You know, all of those things you mentioned, like none of those motivations last. Like I do get motivated sometimes by like showing somebody or um, trying to prove. No, it doesn't last for sure. It doesn't last at all because you realize that they're not paying attention to you. (laughs) And then even money, because sometimes you're so broke, you are so motivated by money. But then once you start to become comfortable, that's not motivating anymore. You're just like, I'm cruising along, making what I make. And so there, there needs to always be a looking at what you're doing and why you're doing it and to continue. But I would love in the Facebook group, um, if, if you've struggled with this lack of support or something to share your stories of what you're going through, because I think there is something about, um, knowing you're not alone, 
and maybe seeing if someone else is going through the same thing. So whether it is a family, um, like a, a lifestyle choice, or it's a work thing. Um, if you have these kind of stories and the ways you've gotten through it or how you've managed it, post it because someone else who's listening to this might be going, oh my gosh, I'm going through this right now and I need some ideas. Like I need some ways to have conversations and maybe your uh, circumstance is similar to someone else's that they're going through. So definitely post that in uh, the Best Life Podcast mm -hmm. Facebook Yeah, group. and the last thing like that I want to say about that is like at the end of the day, it's no one's job to support you. Like it's just not. You know, I don't care if they're the closest person to you. They are under no obligation to support you. And that is hard to, to accept. Um, we can have a separate conversation about like that's kind of fucked up or whatever. But like at the end of the day, that's always my default is I'm like, I, this is me. Like I'm doing this, right? So when I get real about it's really no one's job and no one is obligated, no matter how much they love me, they're not obligated to support me. And while that sucks, I'm like, yeah, they can have their opinion. So at the end of the day, figuring out, would you be okay going alone? And I think when you have that energy and you're doing all the things and you are getting reps and you are getting wins and you are, you know, joining masterminds and you're getting coaching and stuff like that, like everyone will come up along board at some point, you know, and I'm glad you said that it, like, it kind of does take two years at a minimum, but we support you. <laughs> you know what we you're doing. You. Yeah. We always support you doing whatever the fuck you want to yeah. do. Yes, we do. We support you. We should make trick t-shirts. We, we support, support whatever the fuck you want to do. I love it. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks for the new reviews. And if you haven't left a review, we would love if you could leave a review wherever you're listening. I see them all on the Apple, but I know I need to find them on the other places. I know. Well, we did get a two star recently. Oh, but yeah. it was really honest. It was honest. Did you want to? Did you? Wait, I don't want to oh, give. Yeah. I don't want to give it airtime. But I did like. So one of the co the comment was that if they if you just want to listen to your girlfriends talk, then this is a good podcast. But typically, I like to listen to podcasts where people are an expert. So <laughs> I'm yeah. like, look, each their own. We, don't we are ex no, we are experts in a lot of things. Just maybe not things that require expertise. All I'm saying is our Instagram bio. There's no false advertising. Our Instagram bio says real, raw, and sometimes insightful. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. So what was she? She had, ex she had the wrong expectations. She didn't read that, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but we also have not had any guests on because of COVID. So, yeah. But thanks for the comment, Susan and Karen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. All the best. And we will see you in the Facebook group. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.